Hello and welcome to the Just Hoops podcast. Today it's we got me, Josh, and Rob here, and we're gonna have part one of our two-part NBA preview extravaganza. Uh, to start <laughs> to start this uh, preview, we're gonna talk rookies. Um, so, Josh, who in the Eastern Conference as a rookie are you interested in seeing next year? Oof, I. It would be a toss-up between Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs, but I know you want Scotty Barnes. So <laughs> I'm going yeah. to say Jalen Suggs. Uh, I just feel – I felt like he would have been perfect for the Raptors. I'm not going to get into that. Um, but I feel like he's really going to change the magic. He's taking them in a direction that they want. Uh, their draft class was really good with him and uh, Franz Wagner. But uh, he just controls the game. Even at Gonzaga as a freshman, he looked like a senior playing. Like the plays that he made, he kept everyone under control. Um, his passing is insanely good. Uh, he's athletic. Like he's a perfect all-around player. He's just gonna, he's going to be able to lead the Magic. I, they're probably not going to be very good this year. They're going to be a fun team. But – He's going to be able – he has the ability to lead them as a rookie to become a better team. He's going to grow with the team. The Magic have a bright future, and this is a very good start. That's what I 100% agree. Like, Suggs is going to set the tone, lay the foundation for a culture there that they need, and him add it to the young guys that they already got. It's a – they got something special cooking in Orlando. But You know, you know I love my uh, – my point guard, point guard, it's like Chris Paul. <laughs> That's yeah. what I see him as. I see him as like a, a old school type point guard. He's not going to go out and be like a John Morant or he's he's going to control the pace of the game. He's going to, if you want to slow down, he'll slow you guys down. He'll... That is true. Even at Gonzaga, he had that vet savviness to him in college. Yeah. But you brought up mine. Uh, I'm going to just get it out of the way before <laughs> you, you already said it. So Scotty Barnes is uh number four pick in the draft to the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, people might have said that the Raptors show went with Suggs, but I think that they got an outstanding prospect. Uh, 6'9", 225 out of Florida State. He showed versatility across the board at Florida State. He was one of my favorite players to watch in college basketball last year. He just was able to impact in a variety of ways at both ends of the floor with great size, length, athleticism. He was able to play inside and out, play as a primary ball handler, be really good on the second side as a pick-and-roll ball handler, make plays. He has really good IQ and understanding for the game. His only like flaw, per se, is his jumper. But in the pre-draft and even in the preseason, he looked really comfortable in mid-range. And he's shooting at least one to two threes a game, showing that he's more comfortable than he was in college. And I just think over time he'll improve the jumper. But as of right now, I think he could help the Raptors in this bounce back year that I think that they're going to have. Um, he's just – he adds that dimension that not many teams have. He has – he can do so many things in so many different positions and to have a guy like that along with people that have won a championship and he just fits. He's a, he'll be able to do everything on defense for them. He can guard one through five. I just, he's so exciting and fun to watch and I'm ready to uh, 
see him for real. That's yeah. mm-hmm. for sure. Kind of going with you guys. I uh, wrote down um, Jalen Suggs for one of my guys. I also wrote down Scotty Barnes. And to <laughs> go on to that, he is a defensive freak. Like he is long. He's athletic. I think he's one of the few guys that has the potential to uh, guard one through five in that draft class. A lot of people thought that the Raptors reached and they should have gone for Suggs. I personally love the draft pick. He's going to, that, that team, the Raptors are long. They're, they're going to be able to defend. He's has an amazing mentality. Like you were saying, he's a winner. Um, uh, at Florida state, he had a game winner against Indiana. He's just a great all round player in that sense. You mentioned his struggles from shooting. He averaged 11 a game and, at Florida State, and he only shot 30% from three. But it's not like his jump shot is ugly or there's a lot going wrong with it. I think that over time, that it will get better. And I could see him shooting low 30s, maybe 35% in like five, six, seven years from now. But I, I, I'm excited to watch him. But the guy that I'm most excited to watch in uh, the Eastern Conference, and he's kind of a uh, – He's a well-known name for a lot of big college hoops fans, but maybe fell underneath the radar of some NBA guys. And that's James Booknight for the Hornets. I think he is the, one of the best bucket getters in this draft class. I think him and Jalen Green, you could argue, are the best two guys that can go get you a bucket. He averaged 19 a game at UConn, and he did that not scoring a lot of threes. Like He only shot 29% for three in college. And he can get his bucket from anywhere. And he only averaged like two assists, but he's not going to need, that's not the role they're going to have him down in Charlotte. They're, with Mello there, they're not going to be having him needing to get the ball into others' hands. He's going to be there to get buckets, and that's what he's going, going to do. He needs to expand his game. He's a little bit of a liability on the defensive end, not too bad. He's, he's just a little bit undersized for that two-guard spot, but – He's a really good player. I'm really excited to watch him. I think that the Hornets actually got a, a steal of a pick with that. That's what he only fell in the draft because of injury concerns. That's uh, I I love his game too. He is probably like he's somebody that you can trust right away to go get you a bucket and be a little bit of a spark plug off the bench for especially that team. They're looking to make the playoffs and win games, and he could be huge yeah. for them going forward with that young core that they got. But um rob you want to give your western conference rookie yeah and kind of going back to like the book i think the reason why i think that he's going to be so good too is he's going to have that opportunity to play right away and some of these guys are going to have to like work their way in the guys have really high ceilings but like a low floor his floor is high he's already at an nba level it's just how good is he potentially going to be is a question but western conference the i'm a rockets fan so I'll, i'm going to mention jalen green but i really want to get into jonathan Kaminga. That's my guy that I'm excited for in the Western. So I think the reason why that is, is he's in a unique position where he's a high lottery draft pick that's going to be playing on a team that is trying to win the championship. There's it, That doesn't happen too often. And I think the Warriors did a great job picking him because he's ready to play right now. I mean, he averaged 16 and 8 in the G League. He's six foot seven. He's massive. He's strong. He's barely 18 years, or I believe he just turn 19 he's young he's very versatile he can play defensively he's one of the best prospects in this draft too it was him and Barnes and what Kaminga can give you is more offense and 
he averaged 16 a game, like I said. He needs to improve his three-point shooting. Uh, he shot below 30% in G League. And in the summer league, he shot below 30% again. But he shined in the summer league. He looked really good. And I think that being around Curry and Clay and even James Wiseman and Draymond, he's going to get a lot of um, buckets just being around those good players and feeding him the ball. One question I do have about Kaminga is how much usage is he going to have? That 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 wing position and forward position is very – Andrew Wiggins is there. They have Draymond is there. That, and Moses Moody's more of a guard, but if they want to play small ball and play Curry, play and Moody, it, it just – there's a lot of competition. So I think that could be one downside to Kaminga's game this year is that he may not reach the court as much as say like a book night or Scotty Barnes, but I think he's upside is great. I think it was a great draft pick and to go into Jalen green the guy that I, for the Rockets, that I'm really excited for. I think he's the best bucket getter in this class. Do you agree with that Jacob? He He's special. He's special. But can I, one second about Kaminga. I think Kaminga, I was really high on Kaminga. I I think his game is unique in the aspect that like he showed so much pro potential in like scoring defenses there. I think he's going to be able to impact defensively. My question marks offensively are his ability to play make, his decision like he's very young and you can tell that his feel isn't exactly at that level yet. Um I think it's awesome his situation that he's in where he's able to Learn from an Andre Iguodala. Learn from an Andrew Wiggins. Learn from a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Um, Jordan Poole was just in the same situation he's probably about to be in. And, like, to have these guys that you could just feed off of on a daily basis and learn, I think that that'll set him up because his potential is an all-star level guy that could help the Warriors transition after these this big three era is over and transition into that next phase where – They'll still compete, and he's exciting. He is exciting. I really like how he showed so much pro-level potential. I just think his efficiency needs to improve offensively along with how I was saying his decision-making. But back to Jalen Green, that the dude's phenomenal. He was – him and um, – him and who uh, – why am I blanking? Uh, first pick. Cunningham. Cunningham. I was about to say Nottingham. Uh, Cunningham, uh, him and Cunningham are just like, they're special in their own ways. Like, Jalen Green's a bucket. Like, the dude showed it against grown men in the G League. I can't, like. He averaged 18 a game, shooting 38% from three as a 18 year old kid. That's unique. That doesn't happen. <laughs> and he's a freak athlete. Freak athlete. <laughs> And he's in the style of play. And what I get so excited for as a Rockets fan is he fits it. Like, he's going to have the ball in his hands. Like, I would not – like, if I had to put a front runner for rookie of the year, it's going to be obviously Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green. But I, I, if I had to put money on it, I'd put Jalen Green. I think that he – I think he's very unique. And that's what you look for in these types of classes or this type of draft class. And I think he fits it. I think that, like, if I was the Pistons, I think Cade Cunningham was the right pick. But I think that Jalen Green will be special, special. Yeah. Josh, who you got? Um, there's a lot of different people I could go with. Uh, I'm just going to I like uh, Alfred Sangoon, if that's okay. basically it. Um, yep. 
<laughs> I'm a big fan of him. I, I would talk about him. I just didn't watch him a lot. So I feel like I would mess up some stuff. <laughs> but from what I've seen, he's like, he's a high motor guy. He's going to go and he'll get you rebounds. Uh, another person that I like, um, as you guys said, Kaminga, I was going to bring him up. Uh, Josh Giddy too. He showed a lot of stuff in Australia with Australia. But uh, the one guy that I'm going to have to say is Davion Mitchell. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I like my defensive guys. <laughs> and he's going to lock up for you. Everybody is on the floor. He's going to sit in that. He's going to sit in the defensive stance. He'll be up in your in your stuff. I know we all <laughs> seen that clip of him with, on boat night in the, uh, the summer league. Just like he's going to frustrate people every night. Like that's what he does. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, offensively, he's he knows like he could create space. He looks like uh, I can't I think of his name. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> he looks like Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> like he's got he's got that type of offensive like flow. He's not like him. Like he's not that skilled yet. Like he doesn't have the footwork like Donovan does, but like he resembles him. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but his main impact is going to be defensively. It's going to be tough with him. Like, I want to see how they, the Kings do that with the three-point cards. Oh, I think they run in all three. I think that they're going to do it. That would be but a fun line. They'd be the fastest team by far. That like, would, be, would be – It would be up and down all I'm night. all in on it. I am all in. Imagine Fox, Mitchell, Halliburton, uh, Barnes, and uh, Holmes. I love I that lineup. Know, like, I remember with uh, Fox – Kentucky they there was times they would like show on the broadcast how they would score in three seconds with him just running the floor like that's exactly how it's going to be <laughs> we're already the number one uh transition offense uh-huh. last yeah. year so like if they do do that that's going to be crazy I mean Fox is already like due for another jump in his game and like they run three guards that it's the Kings are going to be a fun team. He yeah. Fox Fox was a huge impact for like he almost led them to the play in last year. Like I if they like, didn't get it, if they weren't fighting with injuries, injuries, man, that they oh, every they're, team they're gonna be fun. Oh yeah, fun. but like this this draft class is definitely their their impact's going to be felt for sure. Yeah, Both conferences like every pick. I, I kind of wanted to go with outside of the lottery, but. For me, the outside the lottery in the West, I would have said Greg Brown in uh, Portland. Yeah. Mm. Second rounder, big athletic freak, defensive minded. <laughs> I didn't think you would go with that. <laughs> that Well, that's not, I was, he, he was an option. I really like it though. I hope he gets, I hope he improves because there's a lot of holes like, I won't trust them offensively yet, but defensively, I love it because they need to be better on that end of the floor. And Has somebody he, like him could set the tone on the paint, and he could also – he's athletic. He can move laterally. He can make plays defensively on the perimeter too to help them like improve from being the 29th defense to actually try to win some more games and help Damian Lillard and get that going. But I actually – you brought – Hum? I was I was gonna ask how do you feel about Jeremiah Robinson Earl and the and OKC. He's a culture guy, man, a winner. Uh, he's gonna 
He's going to do his thing. He he was phenomenal at Villanova for two years. He he just oh, yeah. got better over time. He was a leader for that team as a freshman, yet alone when he was a sophomore. He does a ton of things. Um, I love his game. Point forward, I think he could be, potentially. I think he has the skill level to be a point forward, and his size allows him to be versatile on defense and guard two through four. He's a high IQ just a great character guy too, and somebody like him could be a win, like a winner in this league. But I actually, the guy that I wanted to go with was the uh, Houston Sagoon pick, a Sen- Senguin pick. Uh, I got to watch a little bit of him in the summer league, and then I also found some film of him from Turkey last year. He he's skilled and he's physical. And I just – he's fun to watch because of – he brings elements of kind of like – think of like Embiid and Jokic, how Embiid's so physically dominating while Jokic is so like skillful with his passing and playmaking and IQ that it's like they combined and it was this. Uh, he averaged 19 and almost nine rebounds in the Turkey League, was the MVP for the BSL, which is the league in Turkey. And he's – just a big physical playmaker. Um, somebody like him, along with Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, um, Garuba. These, I, uh, Houston's draft in general was phenomenal. They did a great job at putting these guys a core together that Coach Silas could build, develop, and then they'll just improve over time. They might not be good for four or five years, like competitive in the West, but they got. A lot of guys that are highly talented, highly skilled, and could help at both ends of the floor. I My only question mark about Sanguine is defensively. He's not the most mobile guy. Um, but if he sheds some weight, I think he could be more than capable at this end of the floor. The Rockets are definitely – they're definitely not going to be an easy win later in the season. Like they're they're you could just feel like they're gonna get a flow and they're gonna like their offense is gonna be basically unstoppable. That's what with watching them in the preseason, I liked uh some of the stuff that they were doing, utilizing the skill like utilizing wood, utilizing Segwin, mm-hmm. and just like using their skillful bigs and putting them in positions to play make while also like oh, I'm going to catch this at the elbow and I have room that I can turn face and I got room while there's action on the weak side. I got a shooter in the corner. Like simple stuff like that over time could add intricacies, add a little action to it, add a little spice, you know, and that could be fun. They could be fun. I, they got a good squad there. Mm-hmm. The two guys that I have written down for outside the lottery, one, Cam Thomas with – Nets. I think that he's going to be an instant impact guy for a guy who's drafted 27th. I loved his game at LSU. I thought that I was honestly surprised they fell that low. I think maybe that comes from a little motor stuff, uh, but I think offensively he's gifted. And the fact that he's just going to be asked to be a spot up type shooter who defends in that role, I think he also has opportunity now um, to play a lot more early, and he will. And I think he's going to do really well. So that's my guy. And then the other guy that I'm interested in, I don't know if he makes an impact this year or next year or even for this team, but I think Joe Weiskamp for the Spurs is an interesting oh. pick because I I get Duncan Robinson type 
similarities to that. And I think Popovich and that system rewards those types of players. And I don't know if it's going to be this year. I've gotten to watch a lot of Wise Camp's game games being an Indiana fan, and he has a jump shot. It is very good. He will be a knockdown three-point shooter in um, the NBA game. And I think that he, he intrigues me. I don't know if it's going to be this year or even next year, but I think that's a name from this draft class that I think people should keep uh, on their radars because guys like that, they'll pop up in six, seven years and all of a sudden be impact players for teams. And yeah. I, I think potentially have maybe not this. Yeah, that that's a good one. I like that. That was a outside of the box. Another guy that we could talk about is Bones Highland. Oh, I I hope he I hope he gets run. I hope he gets a lot of it. He can. I wanted, the, I wanted the Suns to get him so bad. He can impact. Imagine him and campaign together. <laughs> he, he, Suns fan over here imagining. Dude, just ima- like imagine <laughs> that. Imagine I, the energy that that would bring. <laughs> I love, I love the Denver fit though, because oh, yeah. they, without Jamal Murray for this first, probably most of the year, just to have somebody like Bones to get in the game and be a spark plug, get you stops, get out and run him and Compazzo, ooh, they'll be fun together. This game is so. Oh. He was like, he's like, he'll, he'll he'll get a bucket every time down the floor, and he's gonna go to the other end and be a high energy defender. <laughs> I I think I think he'll have the capability to score. Just I don't know how much because they have Austin Rivers, they have Monte Morris, yeah, and Compazzo. I don't know exactly how much time he's gonna get, but when he's in, he's gonna. I think defensively is where like the same like Donovan Mitchell, Davion Mitchell impact like you're going to be able to he's like bring energy physicality to the defensive end and really make the other team's point guard or lead guard very uncomfortable for however long that they're in the game um but you guys want to move on to who you think could be a high impact player this year yes sir rob you could start you got it all right i'll start with the western conference because this is the guy that I'm excited for just in general, like one of the most players, Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Grizzlies. I think that he has the chance. If I had to put most improved player money online, I'd put it on him. He has never played one full season without injuries. He has been riddled with them. But when he's healthy, he is a dominant player, and he's been dominant for his first three years in in the league. His second year, he really showed that, where he shot 40% from three as a 6'10 guy. And he, last season, he only averaged 14 and six, but I really, and he only started four games coming off of his injury. But I think if he stays healthy, he has a great potential to go 20 and 10 a game. And I, I don't think that's unrealistic at all with John Moran taking another step up, with Dylan Brooks taking another step up, with that whole core just getting better. I think Jaron Jackson is in a prime position to have a breakout year. I think that the Grizzlies are going to be a lot better than they were last season and last season they they really found some strides at the end of the year especially in the uh the playoffs they played a really good series like they they lost but the 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 series they were in they they almost won a bunch of games and as the lowest seed in the um playoffs they played really well and it it was such a young team i think jaron jackson is really going to be impact this season i think that 
he's going to be extremely improved from last season. And if he stays healthy and can play even 70 of the 82, not, not have to play every, not if he gets more than 60 games, I think that he's your guy for most improved player this year. He's that's what in our, when we did the Memphis preview, both me and Josh, that's like, he's the guy that if they're looking to really make some noise out in the West, it's, it's him. He's so much. His skill set is just, and then with Jaw, him and Jaw together in a pick and roll, pick and pop, like it's tough. It's tough to guard. It is really tough to guard, and he's gonna get the ball a lot with um, being able to spot up and shoot. And they, they use that when he's his second year, when he averaged nearly seventeen a game. He his usage rate was very high for a, a big man. So I think that. He, I, 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 he also brings so much on the. He's not a weakness on the defensive end. He can guard. He, he you, you maybe don't want him guarding a, a guard the whole game. He can do it. Not, he can, he do, can it. do it for a profession to do. It's not like a guy like Scotty Barnes who can literally guard one through five, or uh, a Ben Simmons or a guy like that that can guard one through five. But he can, for a possession or two, for less than ten seconds, he can stay in front of his man, which is vital in how the nba is running with all these pick and rolls and switching screens and stuff he's you got to be able to do it and he can do it so i think a lot defensively he's not alive and all and that's kind of been the knock for his first couple of years and that he's not a great rebounder but i think he'll have i think he'll step up this year i think the big thing with rebounding was probably more just from an injury perspective just always getting hurt he probably like i think it's more psychological because at michigan state he averaged the double double you know um oh oh yes (laughs) um i think he's a big time help side defender that's where he thrives help side shot blocker help side just contesting um he could like He's more than capable of switching. I would not – if I was Coach Jenkins and it's like under 14 on the shot clock, I would not mind him switching off. I'd be more scared about whoever's on the backside of that switch. Um, I agree with that. But that's think, that's a really good really good player to start this off with. Who you got out of the West, Josh? Out of the West, I love Jordan Poole. Same. Uh, just talking about his preseason, he scored 30 in their first game, 17 in their second, 28 in their third, and 18 in their last one. Like, he's just going to score. Without when uh, when is Clay coming back? I know it's not they're, January, right? They're saying Christmas or January. Like, I think the Christmas timeline. Yeah, so the first two months are without Clay, so he's going to be the starting shooting guard. Um. Last season, he showed a lot. Like, he definitely has learned from – I said that in our Warriors video, that he's learned from Curry and Clay how to move off the ball. Watching him in the preseason, he's playing with amazing confidence. Um, say the least. Yeah. To say the least, he is. He, he, shot, that, he shots – he shoots, turns around, and go, you know, like he's like, it's going in. <laughs> um, Clay, uh, Curry believes in him. Like, you – the. The Warriors in general are going to be fun, but I love watch. I love watching Jordan Poole. Like that's what. Like last year, he shot forty three from the field, thirty five from deep, which I think is a little skewed because he did start off the year rough. 
He'll get that up, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Like pre, I I can't find the preseason percentages, but it's up. It's near forty, I think. That's what he. I think he ended the year so well last year too. He was huge in their plan. Yeah. And then along with that, this preseason, like I don't want to weigh too much on the preseason, but he has a confidence and rhythm right now that if it translates to these first two months, the Warriors could definitely be looking at being a home court advantage team. The thing that excites me about it is imagining their death lineup. Because it's going to be, like, once Clay's healthy, Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond, and Wiggins. That, to me, is like, ooh, ooh. And that's why I'm mentioning Moses Moody and Kaminga and – and Iguodala, like the, and their their team is loaded. That that Warriors team is so good. If they that's if right. they stay healthy, I they, that's why I, I know we're not getting the prediction uh, the predictions in this video, but for the next video, video, the reason why I have the Warriors so high on my list is because of those reasons. And yeah. I think you like you're you're saying, Josh, it's going to take a big step this year. I think that he's getting over the confidence stuff and. As much as it sucked having Curry and Clay hurt the last couple of years, it gave an opportunity for a player to fill that role. And mm-hmm. it allowed Jordan Poole to kind of make all those mistakes and not have like essentially consequences because it's the Warriors weren't trying. I mean, they did at the end, but like for the really for the most part, they weren't expecting to be a championship or playoff caliber team. So you were okay with Jordan Poole going out there and having a seven turnover, two for 10 shooting game. Like, and you gave him that chance to really build his confidence. And I think the, the Warriors are going to reap the rewards from that. That now he has all that playing experience. And it was unfortunate that Clay and Curry were hurt the past couple of years, but I think it's been kind of a blessing in disguise because now that all these guys are back, like they, they are talented in that guard spot now also with that like how we brought up when we were talking about Kamingo a little bit too somebody like Jordan Poole you hold on to him for the future like this future warrior squad could be so much mm-hmm. like we didn't even talk about Wiseman exactly yeah. they have Wiseman is one of those guys if it clicks for him his ceiling is like Embiid, Jokic standard. Like he could be that level of a big man, in my opinion. I think he has the – like He's good. Him, Moody, Kaminga, Poole, ooh, like they're set up for a long time. That's – if they could keep this together and if these guys develop and injuries, like all that stuff. But just – Wait, back to that death lineup, though. I just want to, like, bring up, like, just imagine uh, Draymond Green in the post, and then you got off the ball. You got pin downs. You got back. You got four guys moving. (laughs) And they all could shoot lights out. (laughs) Imagine just, like, a four-man split action in the middle of the floor, basically. That's, like, what they're going to be able to do. And then you have a playmaker in the post. That like it's so tough to go like we talked about this in one of the previews, but like you get the ball in the post, like as a playmaking spot, and you have Draymond Green as that playmaker, the movement and the shooters off the ball, like what are you about to do? Like are you gonna like like three three and a half, like three I'll say three and a half, forty percent three point shooters. (laughs) Yeah. 
man. Wiggins is close. <laughs> he he can make he can knock him. You can't yeah. leave him open. Better. He's been a lot better since uh, he yeah. yeah since being able to to turn to like a catch and shoot guy. Because a lot of times in the Timberwolves offense, like they kind of got late shot clock, like go do something with the ball, and like it, they weren't great shots. Yeah. So I think I think he's a guy that's kind of primed to make a mini jump too. I think he'll be good this year too. What about uh, you, Jake? What are you excited for? I I had Jordan pulled down, but <laughs> as a I'll pivot and I'll go with uh I'll go with Rudy Gay in Utah. Um, Utah is probably one of those teams that is kind of under the radar. I think like nobody's talking about them, and they literally had the best record in the league last year. They got everyone coming back. They add Rudy Gay and Hazan Whiteside. Well, they got their core coming back. They changed up the bench a little bit. Uh, to have somebody. Yeah. Rudy Gay is last year in San Antonio. He averaged 11.4, shot 42 from the field, 38 from three, averaged almost five rebounds, an assist dish a game. He was able to come into the game and impact. Uh, he was an older guy on a young team, able to help those young guys learn and develop. But this year, I think just him being in a championship level environment. Him as a backup three, four man that could handle, that could make plays with the ball in his hands. He He's had a long career where he's been able to do a lot of different things in a lot of different roles. Like when he was in Toronto, he had to be a scorer. When he was in Memphis, he needed a score, but he also was a two-way guy that was an all-star. Um, he wore so many hats throughout his career, and I think now that he has a legitimate shot to compete and win a championship – He'll just have a new level to his game where he'll be able to come in off the bench and give you great effort on defense where he can guard multiple positions with good size and length. And offensively, I would not be afraid to have him in a second side pick and roll to get him the ball, kick out threes. Uh, he can do – he's kind of like the upgrade of George Niang. This week a video came out about George Niang's possible impact in Philly, but – George Niang in Utah was just a spot-up shooter that was able to drive a closeout once in a while. Like He showed glimpses of other stuff, but Rudy Gay could do all those things, and he's proven. And defensively, he's an upgrade. So I think that that will be a big-time addition and a guy that could impact immediately. He, add, he definitely adds different like layers to that team. Like He's going to – like. They were already the one seed. I feel like they're going to be the one seed again just because they added. Like, that was probably the biggest pickup of free agency. And it was so under the radar. Huh? I think one thing, too, that I don't know if Quinn Snyder will go this way because he usually goes with the traditional five in the game. But if you put Rudy That's Gay at the ball. five, that, that could be interesting. That could be Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell – um, Bohan and O'Neal probably, and then put Rudy Gay at the five, huh? When they go Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles yeah, maybe. Joe Ingles, like yeah. yeah, I think I think Rudy Gay has more size. Well, Ingles and Gay like in the same lineup. Yeah, you could. Yeah, a hundred percent. I just don't like see like they have options now. That's what in the playoffs last year. That's why they like. 
it hurt them that they didn't have an option to go with a small ball five. They can also go get you a bucket. I don't know if Niang can do it. That that's yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. You can that even in San Antonio, they would get him. So DeMar would come out of the game and they'd run those same actions for Rudy Gay, get him a post touch, let him go get a bucket, which was for how how old is Rudy Gay? Like 30, 35? 35. Yeah. Like he's still able to do it at a high level. I feel like that the gay acquisition wasn't talked about as much as it should have been. Like the, the media, like they very under the radar. Right? Like I, it, I mean, you barely heard about it. It made like no waves, like when it happened, which surprised me because he's a very good role player and he's one of those guys that you're gonna look at like not comparing to like Jay Crowder, but like you're for the Suns, like a guy like that. That's like wow, like that guy like won us games and like he wasn't the star player. 100%. Let me start the East so you guys don't steal my guy. <laughs> um, so my guy from the East is going to be Tyler. Can you be my hero, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're saying preseason, preseason. Dude scored 26-24-26. Shooting a very high percentage from three. He's his floater game is very good. It, that that was one thing that I noticed has definitely improved. Um, if he could be a little bit more of a playmaker off their bench, I just feel like he is the he is one of the keys for Miami for them to have like a really 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 good season. Like if he could play at what he could, like if he could play bubble level, even a little bit less than bubble level. Preach, brother. They are like they're going to be like <laughs> they they have a very high chance of making the finals. He's motivated like, too. Yes, like this this Miami team is going to be fun. Like, I know everyone made memes about him putting on ten pounds of muscle, but he actually looks like a grown man now. Like he he in these preseason games, like he looks like bigger, more fluid, more athletic. That's the thing that I'm just like, oh dang, he looks like. He looks like somebody that could be an all-star one day. Like he just has that flow, that rhythm, that confidence, and he, ooh, I like that. I didn't even think about that. I'm a Heat fan. That's <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Hero, man. Like he is. He's like I said. He's the key for like, like just like, I don't even know. His impact will be major for the Heat. Like, like if he could come off the bench and average sixteen a game. I'm just even like, saying. He averaged, 12. He averaged what? 15 last year. He averaged 15 last year. How many times did he start? Yeah, I, I have no idea. It was he did start quite a bit, just because you guys were resting Jimmy so much. Don't hate. Yeah, Hero <laughs> said that he wants his name to be included with the Trey Young. Okay. <laughs> it's time to do it. Like, so I, I would definitely put those guys in the category. Maybe you're two categories above the Tyler Heroes, but I mean, I agree. I think I think you'll be. I, I think he is looking great this offseason. I gotta see it in game because he's one of those players that will be streaky, and like you'll see like ten games, and you're like, man, like, like this dude is a bucket. Like he is really good, and then you'll get a ten game stretch like like where he's just kind of floating on the court, and like he's not cutting hard, and like he's like 
kind of just standing in the corner and it just seems like not i'm not trying to say he's not engaged but there just seems like when he's has the ball like i definitely think he's a better on ball player than off ball and i think he's improved with that this off season a lot like the out of the i've watched a couple of those 20 point games that he's dropped and like a lot of them are coming off of off ball action which i think that's a good good sign for hero i think that he'll get it'll make life easier for him if he gets buckets going uh doing stuff off ball because that means even his bad games he's still going to get like 10 12 points just from off ball action that's what, that's what miami's offense I was I brought I brought it up to Jacob the other day like all of his like a lot of his points are all like regular game moves it's not like oh it's preseason you're playing backups backups you're just getting easy layups like they were like hard contested step backs good cuts to the basket contested floaters over big men like they were all in game shots I like how how Rob was saying the off-ball movement. I really like him, how he's showing more of that, how Duncan and Bam have their two-man game. I'm yeah. I'm impressed with Hero and Bam's two-man game. Just the there seems to be a better flow and a better just connection between the two. Understanding the get action, being able to, oh Tyler, oh he cheats, I'm a back cut. Like just the simple little reads that just seem more fluid this in the preseason so far. They had they had them in the bubble though. Like that was one thing that they did. It was a lot more ball screens though. But it was it was a lot of two man game. Yeah. Like they had that that in the bubble they had that chemistry going. Like they were last year was just rough for Miami, man. It was rough. It was rough for all the a lot of those teams though that were stuck until October and then you had to start again Christmas. Except for the Suns. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, what you're saying. They didn't, they didn't, yeah. But I, they didn't I last till October. <laughs> Suns, well, Suns just went 8-0 and, and went home. That's all that yeah. they did. <laughs> Man. But, Rob, who, who's your who's your guy out east? All right, I'm going to give three, and then I'll go. And I, Do you have Lonzo Ball in yours? Because I'll let you go talk more about – okay. All right, so I, I wrote down Lonzo Ball, Onika Okongwu, and Cam Reddish. Those are the three guys. So I'll um, – You got go all three, them. man. Just go for it. Yeah. So <laughs> the reason why I'm excited – I'll go with both the Hawks players. I think that that team showed a lot in the playoffs, and they think, I think they're – like everyone is – it's kind of similar to like say like the Grizzlies or the Kings, like all these young teams that have found success like at the end of the year – had times of like 10 plus games where they looked really good. I think this year they're going to expand on that. And I think Cam Reddish looked really good in that last, last couple playoff series. And I think that he's going to play more. And like, the question is, is he going to take time to like, uh, is he going to make useful minutes of that uh, opportunities he gets? I think he does. And uh, the reason why I like Oniko Kongu is because big O man, like he's, like Clint Capella is great at what he does, but he Onika can give you more. That like Capella is kind of a rebounder, defender, and go get alley oops. Uh, Onika can get the ball down low in the post, make a move. He can and face up, hit a mid range jump shot. On defense, he can switch more. He is a rim protector. I think that he's a guy that 
can improve a lot this year. I think you'll have a bigger impact that people are thinking for the Hawks coming off the bench. And that that's another team that is super deep. They have a lot of depth and a lot of young depth too. And then Lonzo Ball, I, and I'm surprised actually neither of you guys put it because this is kind of like the common one that the media is saying and everything. And I'm a big Lonzo fan. And the reason why I think that he is going to be so good this year is because he has – it's a great system for him where he is at. He has guys around him offensively that are just gifted. You have Vucevic. He can do pick and pops there. You have Zach Levine that he's going to be able to um, uh, pass the ball to. And he's going to be able to get buckets. He's going to – Lonzo has a whole new role and for the Pelicans last year he was playing more of an off guard like catch and shoot three and D type player they let Bledsoe take the ball up or Zion even and Lonzo is playing more on ball and he did well with that and he actually improved his scoring from 11 points game to 14 doing that but I think that he's going to play even better back in this like primary ball handling role getting guys open like feeding them the ball. And he's one of the best guys that like, he throws this like 50 foot pass down the court, like the one handed, like almost like touchdown style plays. And he did that a lot with Lakers. He pushes the tempo, did that a lot with the Pelicans. Zach Levine is one of the best open core players there is in the NBA. So you're, you're going to, he's going to get two assists a game, just feeding them almost like LeBron with his bigs that he's had with the Lakers, just feeding the ball ahead and letting them go get a bucket for them. I think he's improved shooting. He's gotten rid of that ugly hitch from the opposite side. He's now up to – he's at back-to-back years of 38% from three. That's a great – because he's shooting high volume too. So he's improved in that sense. I think this may be a little bullish, but I think that last year he averaged 14 and five. I think this year he could average 16 and seven just playing in this new system, getting better. I think – Everyone last year was saying he was going to be the most improved player. I think they were one year early. I think it's going to be this. Um, I can't argue with Lonzo. Like, I just – we talked about this in our Bulls preview. Just somebody like – he'll be able to both operate and create offense while also being able to play off of DeMar, play off of Vucevic in the post, play off of Zach Levine – and knock down open threes. If he's able to do that offensively, along with when he does have those playmaking primary ball handling opportunities and make good plays like everybody knows he could, he could be big time for them. I don't know if he'll have the same volume or same usage rate just due to the amount of guys around him. So his offense is probably going to come a lot off of those other three guys. I don't know how much he's going to be used as a primary ball handler, but I in gen, I think defensively is where he's going to have to be that dude and really impact and then make transition opportunities happen because they have very um, limited options to guard on defense. Uh, like Zach, Zach is a capable defender at best. He hasn't shown anything great. DeMar is not an outstanding defender by any stretch. Vucevic is not a great defender by any means. He could rebound, but that's that's the extent. Uh, Patrick Williams is hurt to start the year, so they're one guy that they were relying on to guard the bigger wings and, perim- and forwards is out. So a lot of the defensive pressure is going to be on him early. So... 
I'm hoping I think his impact will be needed and much more of a necessity on defense than offense. Offensively, he just needs to knock down shots off of those other three guys. That's going to be – he'll be huge if they win. I'm not the biggest on the Bulls, but uh, yeah. he'll be a big time. If he's able to knock down threes and consistently contribute and get stops, I, I'm i all on board with that. Uh, and also Cam Reddish and Okongwu, uh, I'm a big I, – I love Big O. Uh, he uh, – he offers a ton of things. He's skilled. He's athletic. Uh, I think last year a lot of his issues were just more him not understanding it and not having the IQ, like basketball IQ, to consistently make good plays over and over again. He'd have that mental lapse. He'd reach. He'd jump on a pump fake. He'd like do the little things that are just bigger mistakes because if you do them too much, it just adds up and – you lose games that way. But I think also him having a Clint Capella in, in front of him to learn from, especially as an interior threat, will be huge. And Cam Reddish is a bucket. And um, I just don't know if Atlanta will keep him long-term or not. That's a different discussion. But his skill set is 100% there. You brought up three really, really good guys. Josh, you have I got – I got Dennis Schroeder in Boston. Um, Interesting one. I like that though. I like that's, that. That's like that's a the only thing with him is like this is like his make or break season. This is all right. So he averaged fifteen, shooting forty three from the field, thirty three from deep. He averaged almost six assists a game and a little over a steal game. His numbers were not bad on paper, but from a what were could you do you know what his pre-COVID numbers were? That I I was trying to figure. That's what that's when he was doing good. Like he was yeah. he was looking really good. That's what after he had COVID and then after those like once the Lakers got riddled with injuries, he just wasn't enough to keep them offensively at a level to be a playoff team without having to fight through the play-in. Um. I think he'll have just so much more less pressure on him in Boston. Not many people are talking about him. Not many people are on him about the contract. Not many people are constantly talking about him in the media. And I think the new coach in just the whole new vibe in Boston that ever like the guys seem to have an energy about them from what you're hearing in the media, what you're reading in articles and the new coach is doing a great job at bringing these guys together and being a new voice. Uh, that's kind of a different point, but he'll have an opportunity to orchestrate an offense with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like that, at the end of the day, his job is going to be a lot easier. He won't have the pressure on him to score as much. He'll probably have a lot more easy opportunities, like he did when he was in OKC when he was that sixth man of the year. Like. He was that for a reason because he was going out and just doing his job with having fun, not having a ton of pressure on him. He had CP with him that year, CP and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like he had guys that relieved his own pressure. Last year, the struggles came when he was forced to be the guy. When LeBron and AD were hurt, he was forced to be the guy. And that 
just hurt his game and what people thought and what people saw overall. I think that this will be a huge bounce back year. I wouldn't be shocked if he went back to his OKC numbers, averaging 18, shooting like 38 from three. Like, I think that that's more than possible. And I think he'll be fine after this year. He'll definitely get paid to play either stay in Boston or go somewhere else. Like, him and Dinwiddie, to me, have the not, – not necessarily pressure, but they have the opportunity to really show what they can do this year and help a team win games in their respective franchises between Schroeder and Boston and Dinwiddie and Washington. Like, those two guys, I think, have similar situations where they're trying to prove something. They're trying to prove that they could play in this league and be – starting point guards. I feel so. like Dinwiddie's a little bit different, though, because Dinwiddie already proved what he could do. Like before, He's never – Before the Nets were, like, how they are now, before they got Kyrie and all them, like, he it, proved he could like, – But he was, coming back from injuries, yeah, back-to-back injuries what, like that, that's, that's – He just got to, like, show them again. That's what yeah, I Dinwiddie, feel like Dinwiddie is another guy. Great situation. He's in a great situation. In Dinwiddie the, or Schroeder? Dinwiddie. Yeah, yeah. That's what, like I he's I feel like he's definitely gonna be he would be a good guy to pick for an impact player. They're gonna be fun. Washington. No one's I love the about depth. Them. I love the depth. Bench, Bench Kuzma. And you're good. <laughs> yeah, I I like Schroeder. I like that pick though. I mean, he I. I know you said that he hasn't proved himself, but I mean, he's had multiple like 18 plus points per game averaging seasons. Like he's played, he was good with OKC and Atlanta. Like I, I think that, I think the Lakers system just didn't fit with him. And I think that, I think the cell, I think he'll be great with the Celtics, honestly, because you got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, like you got these guys that will play really well with him. And I think with the Lakers, what really happened was that when LeBron and AD and basically every single player on that team got hurt, he was the only guy. And that just shot his confidence because he was expected to average like 25 a game. And he's not that guy. Like he's not going to get you that, but I think that he was, and playing for LA is one of the toughest and playing for Boston's hard too. Don't get me wrong, but playing for the Lakers, like you have the spotlight on you every day. And having, if you don't perform, like, I mean, we saw it with rookies like Bonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle. And, and like, as soon as they get away from the Lakers, uh, D'Angelo Russell, like, like sometimes like, I mean, Schroeder's young still. And like, sometimes these young guys playing in these huge markets, it just doesn't work. And Boston's a big market as well. And same thing happens there, but it's a different scale for NBA in my opinion. That, I, I didn't mean he didn't prove himself. I was just saying that he needs to reprove like he could play yeah. in this league and be a starting point guard. Because in OKC, he was he was awesome when he came in the game. That he was one of my favorite players to watch two seasons ago in OKC with those three guard lineups that Billy Donovan was throwing out there. It was really fun and interesting stuff. That he, and he was he was able to fit in, get downhill, make plays going to the hoop. That's where he thrives. And he's going to be able to play off of two incredible players and get a lot of those go and catch opportunities, get a lot of those early drag scheme, drag screens and transition opportunities. And 
he'll just be able to be more free, I think. And that's why, like, 100%, the injuries and pressure of just being that, like, needing to be that guy, I think hurt him last year. And I also want to take back, I said that he's a very young guy. He's he's 27. He's not that young. I just, for some reason, my head. He's still, it's still young-ish, but, like, for, I mean, he's played, like, seven years. I just, for, I thought that he was younger. <laughs> I knew he wasn't, like, 33, like, yeah. <laughs> going into his prime yeah Jacob, I have a quick, what do you think do you think Colin Sexton is primed to have a jump here or do you think that it's going to be more of the same same with you Josh what, what do you think about Sexton I, I love Colin Sexton I don't know with the situation in Cleveland I don't know how like his, his stats last year were really he averaged what like 22 like his stats were like and then defensively he's insanely good like his energy he brings to defense um i just feel like that situation in cleveland's not good for him that's what he needs to be on a contender as a six man like a he needs to be a jordan clarkson he's not a that's where he would thrive that's in i he's a great player in my opinion i'm high on him i love his energy his effort i he could get his own bucket he could create for teammates he could do a lot of things. I just think he needs a new environment. That's my, that was my opinion too. Because when I was doing, when I was thinking about guys, like Colin Sexton was one of the few first guys that popped in my name because I was like, okay, like he had a good season last year. I didn't really. He averaged twenty four a game, and it's like okay. when like you were looking back, like it's like how much are you really going to improve from that being on the Cavs? Like, I I agree. I think that he's gonna have to improve in different ways from scoring in a sense like he's got to get better in other areas of playmaking his assist to turnover ratio wasn't great for a point guard i mean usually i mean four only four assists a game and i believe it was like 1.9 turnovers like it's not not it's not like chris paul i mean there's not too many guys like chris paul, but it's you need him to get better in that sense. So I was just curious if you guys thought he was because when I was looking up like guys that like the NBA, the media thinks like Colin Sexton was one of the guys I saw, but I, I didn't know if I agreed with that. So that yeah, that, he's he's one of those guys that just needs a new place. Um, back before like preseasons or uh, the off season really started when the Knicks were like one of the teams like when they were talking about trading Colin Sexton. I remember being so hyped for that. Like I was like, yo, this his fit with the Knicks would be so <laughs> perfect. That was before they had Kemba, though. Like that, would, he would have been the starter. But how do you guys feel awesome. about? What's that? How do you feel about RJ Barrett now with in that system with Kemba being there? Do you think his role thrive. gets smaller? Thrive. Thrives. He will thrive. Yes, because he he won't have the pressure to be the primary guy anymore. Mm-hmm. He won't have to be in pick and rolls. Like that's not what he does. Like. In when I was able to watch some of their games for uh, Canada, he was playing off of the ball more and coming off of like a wide pin down, it curling into the lane. Like if he's able to get more of those opportunities and more slashing opportunities, and then just knock down open threes instead of being a guy that has to handle and create, he will he's thrive. Great. Yeah, he's a great three point shooter. Shot forty percent last year. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he. He was one guy that I was looking at too, but I. I wanted to hear your opinion yeah, and Josh's yours too on whether or not his role gets smaller or bigger now with a guy like Kimba. 
Yeah. I feel like him off the ball is just going to be better than him. Like he could, he could also create for himself, but like, I feel like him off the ball is just so much better without that pressure. That's what I think him playing off of people is where he could genuinely just grow and blossom. He's still so young. I mean, like that's, that's even what he, in college, that's when he was like, you had uh, Jones as your uh, facilitator, facilitator and uh, Zion with all the attention. Like he yeah. was, he was even like off the ball in college and that's where he really thrived. Yeah, but guys, I think that this is part one. This is, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Be ready for part two coming out tomorrow. See you guys. Peace.